Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the dimensions of the virtue of temperance to which Cicero devotes quite a bit of attention in On Duties Book One, which is his treatise on Stoic ethics, is action or behavior, the sort of things that we do, how we manifest ourselves externally. Here I'm not going to talk about language or conversation since that's something that he also devotes attention to. And I'm not going to go back over all the discussions of the four characters because there's a separate discussion of that that you can easily look up. Here I want to focus specifically in on action and behavior and what else he has to say about that in this section. So the first thing to start from is is kind of in the middle. This is from chapter 39. And he says that we have three key ideas, three key things that we have to keep in mind if we want to be moderate, if we want to be temperate, if we want to be self-controlled. And first among these, and actually the most important, according to Cicero, is that what he calls impulse or appetite, if we want to translate a little bit more literally. The desires, the affective side, of ourselves is obedient to, it listens to, is another way of translating it, reason. He, he says that we have these parts to ourselves. We have the lower parts. This is very familiar to anybody who studied Plato, Aristotle, or the Stoics. And then we have this higher part, our rationality, and we should be following that. Often difficult to do. And in actions, we sometimes start out being reasonable or being governed by reason. And then as, as they go on, we lose sight of that. The second thing that he says that I think is really interesting has to do not just with reason being in charge, but that we have to devote the, as he says, right amount of care and attention. Cura et opera in Latin. Cura is care or attention. And then opera could be understood as, as attention, or we might think the energy that we put into it, the amount of work. That's another good translation, the work that we put into it. So we don't want to be expending too much. So, you know, for example, I have students when I assign them a one to 1.5 page paper who turn in a five page paper. And, you know, oftentimes they're quite good. And I'll tell them, well, this is a great paper, but I don't want you to be writing that much. I want you to be concentrating on other things. That's why I assigned you such a short paper to work on. And we can say similar things with so much other examples. You know, when, when somebody is a perfectionist, right? They're devoting a lot of care and attention to things, but it might be actually too much. And in a certain way, it's obeying reason, but it's obeying reason in the wrong way. So he says, we have to estimate carefully the importance of the object that we wish to accomplish. We have to think about whether it's a high priority or whether it's lower down in the scale of importance. And if it's lower down, then we don't devote quite as much care and attention to it. Although attention to detail is important, right? And if it's higher up, then perhaps it, it requires more in relation to other things. The third, he says, the third principle is that we have to be careful to observe moderation in all that is essential to the outward appearance and dignity of a gentleman. That's a little old fashioned, a little old timey way to phrase it. But I think that we 
we can make it more contemporary by saying that we should maintain moderation by behaving like a decent human being, behaving like somebody who has a sense of honor, a sense of what's appropriate, a proper sense, not an inflated <laughs> egotistical sense and not a deflated pathological humility sort of sense, but a proper sense of what is appropriate within the circumstances. And this means remaining within certain limits. Now, if we follow all three of these together, then our actions are going to be, you could say, well-regulated and therefore will be not just temperate, but will also, as we go through time, help to make us more temperate. He gives us some other interesting criteria here that I think are worth talking about. Earlier on in the discussion, he tells us that, and this is a very typical Stoic position, that our physical comfort and, and our wants, and we have many of them, should be regulated not according to pleasure or our desire for pleasure or avoidance of pain, but should be regulated or ordered in relation to health and strength of the body. So the body has certain needs. Let's take, for example, eating, right? How much should we eat and what kind of food should we eat? Now, we live here in the first world in a, as you know, people like to joke, target rich environment, right? You can walk down almost any street and go into a store and find all sorts of food that you can purchase fairly cheaply. That's probably not good for you. It, it's going to taste sweet or salty, if that's what you're looking for, or meaty, you know, you go and buy some beef jerky or something like that. And you can often get lots and lots of it. So you can get food that's very tasty in a certain sense, and you can get plenty of it. Now, is that what you should be eating? Well, if you regulate things according to pleasure, you're just going to stuff your face with all sorts of food that's not particularly healthy. If you orient yourself by what's actually good for your body, you can eat food that's satisfying. I mean, if you're trying to lose weight and you're going cold turkey off of a fast food or candy rich or something like that diet, it's going to feel rather painful to you. But you certainly can arrive at a point where you've got some temperance. When you go to the buffet, if it's all you can eat, you don't. that doesn't mean you have to eat everything you can cram into your gut, right? That means that you can have some of this and have have some of this, but it requires no notice. If you're going to do something like that, you do have to make your impulses obey reason. You also have to set your priorities correctly, right? And then you have to maintain moderation in order to do that. Another important point that he talks about is very similar to Aristotle's notion of the virtuous mean. And he tells us in chapter 25 or 35 that our actions in the style that we're, we're displaying them, they should be neither too soft. And another word that he uses there is effeminate. It's not going to work all that well unless we sort of, you know, generalize this because, you know, plenty of women are also going to want to apply Cicero's dicta as well, but not too rough as well. So you want the actions that you're doing and the way that you're doing them to be done in the middle position. He talks about people who trail their cloak behind them and walk around like it's a burden to move their body. Okay, well, that would be too soft. Then we can think about other people who walk around and they're tough all the time and they're going to bump you out of their way. And when they open a door, they open it really hard to show you how strong they are. Cicero would say those people are idiots. <laughs> You know, that's not remotely like temperance. As a matter of fact, it's probably not even showing real bravery. People like that are usually quite insecure. So that's an important consideration as well. He also says there are some other considerations, and he discusses in chapter 40, 
Conduct, he says, should be orderly. And here he uses the word order, ordo, and seasonable. Now, what does he mean by seasonable? He means at the right time. He's using the the Greek terms and Latin terms for this. So the orderliness, eutoxia, arranged in the right way. And then with the timely or seasonable, he says, this is eukaria. Kairos means time in Greek. And eu means well or proper or right. And so doing things at the right time. So think about, for example, when you ought to give somebody bad news. Should you burst in right away and give them bad news as soon as possible? Maybe not. You have to think about what is the right occasion to do this and how should you approach them? Should you be crying your eyes out, even though it's not really your bad news, it's more their bad news? Probably not. Now, there's one other consideration that he brings up as well that's very interesting. And I don't think that we see people talking about this all that often. He says that, Our behavior ought to be consistent. And here you might think that Cicero in his moderation is perhaps being a little bit intemperate, going a bit too far with what he's demanding of people. He says, but here's a nice metaphor. Orderliness of conduct is to be observed so that everything in the conduct of our life should balance and harmonize as in a finished speech. So he's using a metaphor here of some sort of composition. Everything within the way that we act should be connected with and consistent with everything else. We shouldn't be a bundle of contradictions. We shouldn't be compartmentalized so that we behave one way with these people over here and a very different way with people over here in ways that people who see us acting in both contexts say, what's going on there? This seems to be a different person. We should have consistency across the board. And so he says a little bit later on, As therefore a musical ear detects even the slightest falsity of tone in a harp, so we, if we wish to be keen and observers of moral faults, shall often draw important conclusions from trifles. We observe others, and from a glance of the eyes, from a contracting or relaxing of the brows, from an air of sadness, from an outburst of joy, from a laugh, from speech, from silence, from raising or lowering the voice, we shall easily judge which of our actions are proper and which is out of accord with duty and nature. So the idea is that entire range of stuff that we've talked about, they should all harmonize with each other. That's a very difficult ideal to reach, I'm sure. I certainly haven't done it myself. But this is what Cicero does think about what temperance in action and behavior would look like for us. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.